Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to our paranormal afterlife. This is episode 110 of Paranormal Stories. This episode I'm reading from Phil Webster's book, Glowing Deeper. When I have guests on my podcast, I read their books to work out questions for the episodes. And when reading these books, I always find such fascinating information that never makes it into the podcast. And here I get a chance to give you a peek into the book. I've put a link to the book in the show notes, and I did seek permission to record this extract, and the author kindly said yes. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe. So I'm going to read an extract from chapter 10, and this is what Phil has written. Gerard hails from Catalonia and currently lives in Iceland. We worked together while I lived in Helsinki and we've been in touch ever since. During meditation at home, Gerard found himself on an airplane looking at his brother and sister-in-law seated in the window aisle. He noted how they were dressed, what they were drinking and which row they were seated in. He tried to call his brother when he came out of meditation. His brother's phone was off because he was on a plane. When they eventually connected, Gerard's brother confirmed that he and his wife had indeed been on a flight, how they were both dressed and what row they were in, and what they were drinking during the trip. Some years later, Gerard was unable to attend his grandfather's funeral due to work commitments. So through meditation, he intentionally projected his awareness from Iceland to the ceremony in Catalan and stood in the church beside his mother. When the time came for the burial, Gerard told me how he watched remotely with the other mourners outside in the church grounds. And then something very interesting happened. Another being, not human, was standing beside the burial plot and looked directly at Gerard. Although he didn't sense any malice from the being, who he had difficulty describing when we spoke, the being gave him the impression that he shouldn't have been there in astral form. After watching the completion of the ceremony, Gerard took the guidance and returned his awareness to his physical form in Iceland. When he later spoke to his mother that same day, she confirmed what he had witnessed by describing the clothes she had worn and the order of events during the ceremony. I've always been fascinated with this phenomenon and have recently begun practicing it again myself. It is not unlike people describing the moment of physical death, often on hospital operating tables. When they talk of a tunnel and a light and reconnecting with lost loved ones before being brought back to life in the physical world. My own mother once described this to me. She told me that when she gave birth to me, a very difficult birth where we both nearly lost our lives, she recalled a warm, welcoming tunnel of glowing green light and her own mother being there, who she had lost when she was only 11 years old. My mum never talked of anything else supernatural ever occurring during her lifetime and I never really knew what her views were on esoteric subjects. She told me about this experience very matter-of-factly. I do not doubt that it happened at all. 
As far as science is concerned, an event or experience isn't real until it is objectively proven. A subjective experience isn't scientific fact. Given that the experiences we talk of in these pages are deeply subjective, it will no doubt always remain the same for decades to come. When I have witnessed paranormal events, or felt the presence of spirit, it tends not to be remembered in the same way as I remember mundane and physical events, as we discussed in part one of this book. But at the same time, the so-called supernatural event is always, always accompanied by an unmistakable sense of knowing. When you experience it, you know it's real. Although in the early days, your logical mind might argue that it's not. Furthermore, trying to explain to anyone else what you personally went through is often a losing battle. I'm not particularly concerned about that anymore. I've witnessed enough to know that the esoteric realities I have observed are undeniable. I no longer need to convince anyone else to validate these events. It doesn't matter. And some people are so rigidly stuck in their practical beliefs that they won't budge anyway. But back to the subject of astral travel. This isn't entirely dismissed within the sceptical scientific community. Studies regarding how the brain reacts during astral projection have found activation within the parts of the brain that govern movement and imagery projection, while the physical body remains still. Researchers observed a subject's brain while the person claimed to be astrally projecting and successfully identified the unique parts of it that were active during the perceived journey through the astral plane, which reacted the same as a person in a physical motion. This shows that astral projection is a real experience for the astral traveller. There is also evidence that points to the validity of astral travel from the US government's admission that they employed remote viewing techniques during the 1970s and 80s. I'm edging on conspiracy territory here, which is of a, no interest to me at all. But since this evidence is in the public domain, I shall briefly mention it. A declassified CIA document released in 2001 talks of something called Project Center Lane. In June 1983, Army Commander Wayne M. McDonnell was given an assignment to assess the psychic services provided by the Monroe Institute, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains, Virginia. He spent a week undergoing their psychic-focused treatments designed to expand a person's consciousness. His 29-page document, available by request from the CIA's website, features detailed description of astral travel and the conclusion that institutional insights of not only personal but of a practical and professional nature would seem to be within the bounds of reasonable expectations. McDonnell included diagrams that suggest consciousness is an intersection of energy planes that exist as part of a hologram, enabling travel through space-time into the past and future. Before we attempt astral projection ourselves, we cover a few of the benefits that have been reported from achieving this state. Many people describe how after the experience, they ascend to a new threshold of understanding through a cognitive shift in their awareness, similar to how people respond to near-death experiences, or when astronauts return to Earth after seeing it from beyond its gravitational confines. People make career changes, develop a new compassion for all living beings. They begin to respect their own physical bodies more, lose their fear of death, 
and can also heal grief. It is possible to meet our loved ones who have passed over on the astral plane. During the time away from your body, you may be able to access the multiverse, experience past lives, fly beyond the Milky Way or have interdimensional experiences. For example, you may witness a blending of your immediate astral environment, your bedroom, or garden or street, with one from the past, including people who lived on that spot before you. You may or may not have an astral projection experience through following the instructions in the next exercise. If you are someone who suffers with insomnia, sleep paralysis or lucid dreaming, it is likely you will. It is likely you already have. Suffering from insomnia or sleep paralysis can actually speed up the process of astral travel rather than being a hindrance. If you don't successfully achieve separation on the first few attempts, perseverance will, in time, bring results. There is nothing to fear. It's natural to feel some apprehension in stepping into the unknown for the first time. But here's the thing. To come back, all you have to do is think about your body, and you will be back, instantly. In fact, I would advise you not to think about your body for as long as you want the experience to last. You will be pulled back there in the blink of an eye the moment you do. Don't attempt to travel when you are overtired, hungover or in a negative frame of mind. Use what we have learnt through meditation to assist you in stepping beyond your thoughts. Try to recall any childhood memories or dreams that fit the description of astral projection. They may help. Okay, so today I was reading from Phil Webster's book, Glowing Deeper. If you want to buy the book, there is info and a link in the show notes. And a great way to support the podcast is to sign up on Patreon. On our Paranormal Afterlife Patreon, when you sign up for $5 a month, you get an extended episode every week. For $2 a month, you get an extended episode every month. There is also a $12.50 Patreon tier, where every week you can get the extended episodes of our Paranormal Afterlife and the Alien UFO podcast extended episodes. Just go to patreon.com forward slash our paranormal afterlife or click on the button on my homepage, pastlifeshypnosis.co.uk. And just so you know, if you're a patron, you get a 25% discount when you book a past life regression session with me. And I'm offering a free consultation call which can be booked on my website. On Instagram, I am our paranormal afterlife with an underscore between each word. And there is an Our Paranormal Afterlife Facebook group. If you'd like to join, you'd be very welcome. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or via your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out on any episodes. And thanks for listening.